Welcome to the Enrollment Insights Podcast. In this podcast, our goal is to focus less on the promise of best practices and instead look for the processes and the questions that spark internal reflection and lead to novel solutions tailored to your institution. Hello, everyone. I am Angela Brown, the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader for K-12 at Niche, and we have two guests with us today from K-12 Insight to talk about customer experience in public school districts. Krista Coleman is K-12 Insight's Chief Customer Officer. She's dedicated to helping K-12 school districts across the United States provide superior customer experiences to families, teachers, staff, and other stakeholders. With over 15 years of senior executive experience in ed tech companies, Krista has been dedicated to helping schools find creative solutions to the wide variety of challenges that they face. K-12 Insight Advocate Dr. Michael Grego is an innovative leader who served in public education in the state of Florida for 42 years, spending the last 10 years of his career as superintendent of Pinellas County Schools. Under Dr. Grego's leadership, Pinellas County Schools earned district-wide accreditation, achieved record high graduation rates, and successfully narrowed achievement gaps between minority students and their peers. Twice during his leadership, the district earned the top score in Florida for offering the best choices for parents. Pinellas has also received national recognition for its digital curriculum and exemplary use of technology, and for preparing high school students for success in college, their careers, and in life. Krista and Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Good to, to have you spend some time with us today to talk about one of my favorite topics. But before we jump into the meat of this episode, I'm going to start with a couple of questions that we love to ask every guest. The first is, what is something that you tried that didn't work and what did you learn? I'll start out uh, this uh, in terms of the superintendency and leading some of the larger school districts in the state of Florida and the nation, you try a lot of things. And I'm, I'm not sure that something didn't work, but sometimes things don't work to the degree that you really hope that they would work. One of those things that our topic today is, is customer service, customer satisfaction, and how to reach out to that. We have so many plates in the air that we're balancing as a superintendent, as principals of school districts. And we always think, yes, we really do need to get ahead of customer service. Yes, we, we really do want to ensure that our customers, our parents, our students are, are truly engaged in this two-way. But how do we know? And I, I suppose as I look back on my 42 years, we tried various aspects of customer service. We've trained front room, front office receptionist, and we've tried to measure that very difficult to measure, you know, but we've tried to do that, but we've never really had a very encompassing strategic plan of, of customer service for the entire district and involve the entire district. I learned that early on is that unless you really truly want to change the culture of a school district or a culture of even individual schools, you have to involve a whole lot of people in, in developing that culture and in working that culture. So. Customer service is something that I've been working on for decades, but now has truly come to fruition with, with, with a lot of the tech, new technologies and, and new apparatus and, and new platforms that are out there. And for me, I think that I would say being in all these years of software and 
and educational technology is that technology itself, you know, isn't the complete answer. We're seeing this in today's software with our Let's Talk software here at K-12 Insight, but in all of my past as well, I feel like the professional development, learning those soft skills, right, to really help you understand the why behind what you're doing, it just brings a whole different level of learning and a whole different excitement to what we're doing. And the software then really backs up, right? Everything that we're doing to help us monitor and measure everything that we do every day. And so, you know, I don't know that it didn't work. I think what we found out more so is it just, it wasn't enough, right? People need a full spectrum of services and software to have success. That's such a great point because I, I think that sometimes there can be a lot of frustration in our industry around trying to find that silver bullet solution, that piece of software that's going to fix you know, all of these different problems. And I, I see conversations online along these lines all the time where people are looking for the one-stop shop for things, but technology is a tool right? It's it's not the end-all be-all solution. You have to have a strategy. You have to have support, you know, across different functional areas. So that's that's a really great reminder that technology in and of itself isn't going to solve all of your problems. I, I, I'm sure we all wish that there was a thing somewhere that could do that for yeah. us. But unfortunately, you know, we, we have to do some of the work still as well. Our next question is, what practices do you use to brainstorm and bring new ideas into your work? This is such an important question because in running school districts, you always have the work of the day, right? You have the fires of the day, the things that you have to get done. And then there's things to advance a school district, to better connect with parents, to better connect with the community at large. And one of the, the strategies I've used in the past is to really ensure with my leadership team along the way is to define the problem. So many companies and districts and go off in so many different directions, as you say, chasing that silver bullet, but they don't spend as much time or the needed time to really truly define the problem. And I remember still to this day coming into our leadership team and saying, I'm concerned about whether we have the capacity to effectively communicate to our customers or parents in a very timely manner, in an accurate manner, and in one which they truly appreciate. And I also am very concerned about whether we have the ability to measure that and not just say, I think we're doing this or I think we're hitting this out of the ballpark, I, but rather I, I want data to back up the notion that we are the choice of, of, of our parents. And so once we wrapped our arms around defining the problem and really understanding it, then it, it closed the doors of going down a lot of these foxholes that so many, we have the solution for you. We have the solution for you. No, it doesn't check all the boxes. And that's where one of my staff members actually brought back the K-12 uh, insight to me. And we started to research it and we started to dig deeper and we started to call other school districts. And, and so we, we truly did our homework, but I really feel the, the right way to brainstorm is to ensure what your 
what you're trying to improve, what you're trying to solve, what you're trying to, to, to work on, because you can go in so many different directions that at the end of the day, it doesn't get you anywhere that you originally intended. Yeah, and I, and I totally agree with you, Mike. Customer service, it's intentional. You know, we're being compared to Chick-fil-A now, right? In our school yeah. districts, like people are like, you know, they need to be more like Chick-fil-A. I'm like, you know, think about, you know, in, in the past, school districts naturally felt and most of us experienced pretty good service, right? Because it was our school and we knew the, we knew the local administration or receptionists in our school or in our children's school buildings. And we felt like if we forgot the lunch, they got it to them, right? But today it's just different. It's, it's not only intentional, it's a data-driven approach to two-way communication. No longer are customers wanting you just to kind of speak out and tell what's going on. They also want a way to have the ability to ask questions, share their feedback, what you're doing really well, be really nice if you could, right? So we just want to make sure that their comments and their concerns are not just getting into the school district, they're getting to the right person. So of course we can get the answers back to them. And today our school districts are facing and an abnormal amount of competition. Think about it. The norm used to be that children would just go to their neighborhood school, right? And that's not true anymore. Today, there's so many options, private school, charter, voucher, online programs, like mm -hmm. homeschooling. We have so many even choices as parents. And we weren't in the business in the school districts to like market how great we were because it was depending on your zip code, that's where you went to school. Yeah. Um, so the reality is, you know, is that there's just fierce competition in school districts and the best service that they can offer really is what they can use to win. It's their own little secret weapon right now. And with enrollments dropping like they are, it's really important that our school districts are putting their best foot forward. They have the people. Yeah, they can do it. The Chick-fil-A example is so spot on because one of the things that I've been saying a lot when I speak to schools is you're not just being compared to other schools. You're also being compared to all of the other experiences that your parents and caregivers are having in their day-to-day -day lives. You're being compared to their grocery stores, the, the retailers, the department stores that they buy clothes from, the, their banks. You know, there are all these transactions that are shaping the way that they experience commerce. And it's not, they don't put you in a different category mentally. They're expecting the same level of engagement, the same amount of access, the same speed for getting questions answered and having problems addressed as they do from all of these other aspects of their lives. And that that's something that I think a lot of the time we, we focus so much on what's happening in our own office, our own school building, our own district. And it's much bigger than that. So that's that's a really, really great point. And I think that just underscores the importance of thinking a little bit bigger and how you solve some of these challenges. So that's actually a great segue into our big topic for today of customer service. It's a very tricky topic for schools. It's kind of a dirty phrase, you know, depending on who you talk to, because some of this business terminology can still cause people to kind of, you know, gasp and make some funny faces and all of that. People have very visceral reactions to some of that terminology. But I would love to hear 
how you define customer service and why you think it's important for school districts. I'll start out by saying I truly believe in parental choice. Um, I always have, always will. I think parents are the greatest determinant in to determine to, to where students should go, what the best fit would be. As a superintendent, I always wanted to be that choice, though. And, and I think we need to compete for that. And, and that needs to be based on the quality of the education. And to, to your point, Angela, about Chick-fil-A or any others, you, you really can't go into any private sector, whether it be if I go to a doctor's physical, I get a survey and they want to know how I was treated at the reception desk. If I get my oil changed, if I go in it regardless, and maybe it's overkill, it's, it's a little bit much. I, I could go everywhere I go, even if I play around a golf, they ask me how my experience would be. I can't tell them how poorly I played. That's not, that's a separate category, but they, the, the notion is they care, they mm. care. And so as a superintendent, I don't wanna lose students, but I want that parent to choose my district because of the quality of education. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I've got to be responsive and I've got to, to our team has to be responsive to what their needs are. I, I sometimes will be, you know, part of my defining the problem in the prior conversation is that I lived through COVID. I lived through many different other challenges in public education, which are really challenges in our society, of which hundreds and hundreds and thousands of emails or inquiries came in at the same time. And I had a response to the point of where we really do care about what you say. We want to provide you accurate information and we want to get back to you in a timely fashion so that you are a part of us, not that you fell into some black hole and there's this big bureaucracy that doesn't really listen to you and so on and so forth. So in today's world, you know, I always say that a a parent could email the superintendent and all board members sitting in a car line picking up their kids on their phone. And to your point, Angela, the expectation, because it's everywhere else, is that maybe not immediate, but, you know, there is an expectation of getting a response back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this world has changed for public education. And how have we changed to address the needs of it? And that's where we started to defining the problem is that you have the social media engine coming in and addressing every question. And then you have the same little folks here in communications department or others that are being overwhelmed. It's almost like us against the world. And and you can't do that. I had communications coming in from all over the United States on incidences, not just the local community any longer. And you can get national news people coming in. And, And so, the world of communication is no longer in just in your community. You have to be able to respond to your stakeholders. And it comes down to wanting to be the very best and, and, and wanting parents to choose the district that you are trying to exhibit not only the best educational system, but also the best customer service. That's how I define it by choice. Yeah, I would agree. And I think if school districts really want to stay in this game and especially be the choice that Mike is referring to, they have to stay competitive. We're just, we're, we're at that point where our customer service can actually set us apart. Think about 
you have a good or bad experience you tell right a good experience you might share it with a few parents or a few friends bad experience you tell 10 who tell 10 who tell 10 who yeah. get to social media right and so we really are redirecting our school districts back to that customer service is their path forward don't focus on anywhere else what other options are using as their marketing we're just saying you just stay focused on the customer service when parents not only are informed but they also have the ability to get questions answered quickly you'll see that it'll start trickling down how many will go to social media to get the answer if they can get the answer from you first mm -hmm. so we really do encourage that not only is you know customer service the act of immediately having access to your school district and the departments and the questions and answers that you need but the response time on that and the way we respond yep. it just makes a huge huge difference on your community and and building the trust that you want to have with them on another note you you really don't want parents to get getting what they think is the right answer from social media when it might not be the right answer. Then you're spending yes. twice the amount of time and you have frustrated people because social media is filled with answers and filled with comments and filled with, I think this is the way it is. And so the faster you can connect your customer, your parents to the right information is, is amazing. And, and one of the things I've learned is through Let's Talk is the frequency of certain questions, it's unbelievable where, where parents are asking the same questions. And then you can start to say to yourself, maybe we need to be clearer about this particular topic. It's clear that we're not clear. You know, it's clear that if 300 questions are coming in that we're answering in a very rapid place, but there must be some level of confusion. How can we better clarify the message and get ahead of it, if that makes sense? Absolutely. I, I think that's a really great call out because a lot of the time, if you, I, I, this, I typically would see this in admissions in the private school space, but you're getting a lot of the same questions from families that are early in the process that should tell you that maybe we should have an FAQ on our website, or maybe we <laughs> should, you know, create some additional content that addresses these questions more explicitly because a lot of these things, if you take the time, and especially if you have something in place that can help facilitate that sort of listening to figure out what some of the common questions are, you can create something for families to reference. We actually wound up doing that at my previous school early in the pandemic. We found that we were getting some of the same questions over and over and over again. And we thought, okay, if we can serve these answers up, that's going to save everybody a lot of time. And then we just have this thing that we can point to instead of having all these people in different areas and the leadership team answering the same 10 questions <laughs> multiple times a day. So that's a, that's a good call out, you know, in times of crisis and just in quote unquote normal times, you, you can really, if you just take a little bit of time to sit down and think about it, you do have a sense for what some of those common questions are. Especially in the opening of schools, as, as uh, you note, you, you can almost predict. We used to, through Let's Talk, develop specific links. So what are parents, are they going to ask for bus stops, transportation mm -hmm. questions, food service questions? We've been through this business before, right? So we, we can tell that. And if we could steer the individuals and they get answered. I was amazed of how smooth school would open since we started to implement that type of process. 
where parents got the answers prior to that. And all of a sudden, the first day of school was a whole lot smoother than, than ever before because everyone knew where to go, what to do, what to bring, what do I need, what do I, you know. So the, the questions are, are fairly typical. So let's get ahead of them. Yeah. You know, and, and Angela, the only thing I'd love to add to that, because Mike, you just reminded me of something that when districts have a software like Let's Talk, it still happens. A question comes in. And literally, they will send this question to 12 people. The difference is on the back end, we're thinking about the people who actually have to provide the superior service to the community. They can all see when a duplicate question comes in. And when one person answers, everybody else knows that that person's taken mm -hmm. care of. And so, you know, when we look at this, as we talk through some of the up and coming tools and, and software that our districts are using today, I think it's just a really good point to say, remember that the staff on this side, I know Mike mentioned the comms department, but the staff that, you know, can you imagine you and the leadership just in, in your experience you just shared, you were getting all those, can you imagine at a district level, right? How many of those questions are coming in? And so we've also thought about the end user at the end of the day, the one who actually has to do that work and, and made it quite easy for them to be able to respond. That's fantastic. And respond in a really quick, you know, in a, in a, in a quick fashion too. That's great. That's really important. That's really important. We got to remember the people who were doing the work behind the scenes yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to switch gears to this fabulous report that K-12 Insight does. You know, we're big on research at Niche, so I love a good research report. And you have this quarterly report series on customer service in schools. It was actually the Q1 report that caught my eye this year and, and made me reach out because I think it's so timely, especially going into the summer months when people have a little bit of time to kind of take a breath and think about, okay, what do I want to address for next year? How do I want to plan? What do we want to do better? What worked? What didn't? So can you provide a high-level overview of that report and kind of share you know, how the series came to be and, and what the process has been like, and then we can dig into that a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. I'll first start by saying the quarterly report that you're referring to is available publicly. You can go to K-12 Insight and in our website and actually get a copy of that report. We really, our whole entire purpose, when we were all sitting around, speaking of brainstorming, right, of thinking about ways we could provide this type of data to school districts who are making this transformation, customer service, the act of actually improving or escalating to where you're giving superior service, it really is a change management exercise. And so knowing we, is, we, we all three know is just power, right? So K-12 Insight actually created this national report on customer service in schools, and it was designed to just dive into what parents and guardians expect from customer service you know, that they receive from their school district. So we wanted to really dig in and, and talk about expectations. We have an in-house team of researchers that are just unbelievably, not only smart, but in most cases, former educators. And they surveyed thousands of parents and guardians across the country just to better equip our schools and our district administrators with data and valuable insights that they needed to help them better manage not only the perceptions of their districts, but also really what's needed to deliver superior customer service to every family. 
So for this first quarter of 2023, were there, can you share some of the biggest findings that I, I have an idea because there were some things that jumped out to me, but mm -hmm. I would love to hear, um, since you've got some of the history behind this report, yeah. some of the biggest findings for the first quarter, and if there are some things that might have surprised you. Well, I think the biggest thing we wanted to find out is why parents or guardians were contacting their school district. We wanted to understand how often, you know, they were not only reaching out, but how interested they were in response times and what their expectations were for the interactions from their school district or their local school office. And we discovered a lot in this, <laughs> in this research. First of all, one third of parents literally responded that they don't even know where to go when they have a question or an issue or there's a service they need. And it's funny, we provide these beautiful school district websites, but navigating through them, if you kind of went from website to website, it is not always easy. And so for one third of the parents to say they don't even know where to go. And I think one important thing to note when we were collecting this data was that we did it through an online option, right? We used social media. So this means these are tech savvy parents, mm -hmm. right? These aren't parents who are like, I don't know how to navigate a website. These were tech savvy. And if one third of them weren't finding the information that they needed, we felt like, oh, our school districts need to know that. So we also assume, I think automatically people assume, well, if you're not digitally savvy, that's probably why you struggled on that website. So that's why we thought that was really, you know, super interesting. We thought about it from a perspective of like a 30,000 student school district. Can you imagine there's 30,000 students? That would mean 10,000 of those student parents wouldn't know who to contact. Yeah. They had a question. Well, and you know what that results in? Kind of a little bit what Mike was saying earlier, like these misdirected emails, mm -hmm. misplaced phone calls. And then they were getting to people, and, and Mike and I had this conversation before, the intentions are really good from the people who answer the phone. Mm -hmm. But when you get transferred 10 times, yeah. you're already exhausted, right? So um, we found that to be super interesting. I think the other thing that that really was surprising was how many of the parents did like automation. And Angela, you just give, you kind of tipped us off that that's where it's going. Mm -hmm. But our data actually showed that. We focused on 13 topics where parents you know, contacted the school, we found that out of eight of those topics, over half of those parents preferred immediate automated responses. Yeah. Everybody thinks you know, they want a live person. Of course we want a live person, but is there other options we could look at? Because in 24 hours for, you know, and especially if 10,000 of those parents really reached out, um, what were the other options? And if we had automated options, like in some of our, uh, partner districts. We're using something called a chat bot. Oh, yes. I love a good chat bot. <laughs> yes. Right. 43 of our parents actually prefer that, right? Because we had stories of nurses who worked long shifts and when they got home, they just needed to know, right? Yeah. Is school on a shortened schedule tomorrow? And a chat bot was able to answer them really quickly. So we found that, and especially in this newer generation, right, as we start counting down the alphabets of X, Y, and Z, <laughs> all these new generations, you know, they are used to functioning with chatbot, text messaging. So we're having to meet our community where they are right mm -hmm. now. So we found it pretty encouraging. This means that school districts are really having to embrace the opportunity to embrace these digital tools. 
chatbot, self-service options, the ability to have a link to get to where you need to get if the chatbot can't answer the question immediately. You know, we just found that the parents found that that it was helpful. It also reduced so much burden on the staff we just talked yeah. about, right? All those questions were answered while everybody was sleeping. They got up and they only had to answer the ones that their chatbot couldn't answer. It's a, it's a good deal for the districts that use that. I think that's a great callback too to our earlier conversation about these other digital touch points that your families are experiencing. If you go to most online shopping sites, one of the first things that happens, if you if you linger a little too long, you get the pop-up, right? You get the chat bot that's asking, can I help you find something? What are you looking for? You know, and I will say also what's been really interesting, you know, from a need to remain competitive perspective is that there are other types of schools that I've noticed have really embraced those chatbots sort of faster. You know, we had one at my previous school probably two or three years ago. We had a HubSpot chatbot that we installed on our website for that very reason, because we were noticing that parents really responded well to self-service. And there are some situations where, especially if they're just kind of browsing around or they just need a quick answer, they don't necessarily want to have to pick up the phone and try to figure out who to talk to. And, and if it's late at night, you know, to go back to your example about the nurse that's working a late shift, you know, in these public school districts, you have such a wide range of families on different schedules, different caregiver scenarios. And you can't assume that everyone's around between 8.30 and 3 p.m., to get somebody on the phone. So that's a really, really great call out. And I, I think that's a trend where the business world has been doing that for some time. And it's another one of those situations, especially with this younger generation of parents that's coming up where they're expecting the same thing from you as they do with everybody else that they're interacting with. And you know, Angela, our districts are being very intentional in training their chatbots. So they can not only be all website or all district specific they can even be topic specific like prom or sports and so they're it's not just you know sometimes people get frustrated with chatbot you know i was one of them i admit <laughs> i used to get a chatbot and push like agent agent you know zero i i didn't want to go through like this chatbot's not answering the questions and so we know that there is a level where right there's still a little bit of impatience of like sure. you can give me what i want so Today's chatbots in schools also give you an option where it says, if this does not answer your question, we will connect you to a person. So we can be brave in this next step of, of communication. I love that. And that's another example too. Of it, it's, it's a tool, right? It's not necessarily it's going to solve all of your problems, but it, if it's used thoughtfully, it can be a really big help. It can be a really big yes. help. So one of the things, this is actually a callback to one of Mike's points earlier about gathering data around some of this information, but are there some strategies that you can speak to that districts can use so that they can get a sense for how well they're serving their families? So if they're, for someone who's listening to this and thinking, oh man, I don't even know how much of a problem this is, where do you recommend that they start? Yeah, I'm, I'm reflecting on a strategy I used for the last 10 years at least, and that is uh, it's not the only strategy, but it'll it'll branch off into other areas, other departments. But I used to every few months meet with what I call parent leaders, and these were it, I didn't need to define them because anybody was invited, and it was just a superintendent 
and parent leaders, and I would break our district up. So we had 100,000 students in our district, and so we would break them up into three or four regions. So maybe it's the president of the PTA and the president of the school advisory council and the president of this, the Boosters Club. These are people who were truly engaged, and I would spend a lot of time asking very detailed questions about their likes and dislikes about how they would prefer to be communicated to with. And I found a lot of interesting things because as I was looking at elementary and middle and not that this would be, I used to go back to my staff. I said, you know, we're dealing with a customer who is a lot younger than we are. (laughs) And and I said, it shouldn't be a, a surprise to us, but they're in their 20s and 30s in elementary and and so forth. So they really aren't picking up the phone to your point. And right. they really do want, and this is how they are doing. It may not be the way we're used to communicating over the last 30, 40 years, but it is what they are doing. And I found a lot of insights. We redid our websites actually based on these conversations. We, we, we made them far more customer friendly, customer and, and to their point. And when we implemented K-12 insights, they were ecstatic about it too. They loved it because of the example that you're giving about a nurse. Well, beyond the nursing industry, a lot of other folks, they have 20 minutes, a half hour for lunch. It's the only time they can make a, a call it's just not practical. Yet I can write a question into my own bank and get an answer that evening, right? And we can do that through so many different types of industries. I don't really, if I have a question in my own financial institution, I write them a question and I usually get a response. There's nothing urgent about it. I don't need a response that that second. But if I did, I would try to call them. But I get a response, it's very thorough, and if it doesn't answer it, then I pick up the phone and and do that. So I get a lot of feedback from actually face-to-face conversations over the years of how things are going. I relate a story um, many times as a superintendent, certain phone calls will reach you. I mean, they have to go through the principal, they have to go through if we're dealing with it. And it would always break my heart when I listen to a parent say, I talk with this person, and I talk with this person, and I talk with this person, this person. And as Krista said, all great intentions. <laughs> I mean, people are trying to, to satisfy it, but it, it, that was back to my defining the problem, is getting the right person in front of the question that has mm-hmm. the exact information that they need not somebody who thinks they know the answer and perhaps gives something different. I use Let's Talk, and and obviously through the pandemic, I I could say very comfortably, we could not have gotten through the pandemic as smoothly as we did. And there was nothing smooth about the pandemic. But we, we got through it based on thousands of inquiries a week, a day. And I was able to answer those through our team's approach, whether that question hinged on a transportation issue, whether it hinged on a final exam issue, a curriculum issue, a human resources issue, a benefits issue. I mean, it had so many spokes to it. And to think about, we say, well, it's, it's all about COVID. No, it's, it's all about 
person's leave. It's about their sick leave. It's about the benefits. It's about the transportation. It's, 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 it's taking care of your own employees. And we were able to organize those on this platform so that people were listened to and responded to. And responded to at that time, one of the greatest variables was accurate, very mm-hmm. in an accurate manner. That's what drove our success during challenging times. So we could point to the challenging times, right? And then we could point to the day-to-day activities. And if you make those day-to-day activities a little bit smoother, then the challenging times actually gets a little bit easier, uh, easier too. So those are some of the strategies that we used. And as I said before, schooling is a cyclical thing. There's an end of school that's taking place right now. There's a series of questions that parents have about end of schools, about summer camps, about summer Mm -hmm. educational programs, about so place those out there and get those questions answered almost before they're asked and get the answers very quickly because in a competitive market, you want those students who really need that extra help or that, that en- enrichment experience. You want them in your school, in your district, and you want to get that message out. So it's an ongoing cycle. It, it really is, and it deals with parent leadership, the district leadership, school-based leadership. And one of the things I've, I've noticed is that you have to bring everybody on board. This customer service, customer satisfaction just cannot be a district or office exercise. It can't be just a communications office that yeah. they, they, they will drown. It can't just be the superintendent. It can't just be the board members. It can't just, it has to be everybody. And that's one of the things we learned and in our district is that when everyone made this a part of their priority, it made our lift and it made the process a whole lot easier. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because I do have a a question about folks who might be listening to this and thinking, how in the world do I get other departments, other constituents to partner with me in doing this work? Do you have any suggestions or strategies that you can recommend for that? We place the customer service in our strategic plan as a district. Mm. We made it a priority with our school board. And in the workshops I had with the school board, we talked about customer service. We tried to work to define it. What do we mean? How will we measure our ability to truly serve the customer? And and how will we, as I said before, not just, I think we're doing a really good job. I don't hear a lot of complaints, but I hear some, but how do we measure it? The data is critical for this. So we build it into our strategic plan. We develop some work plans around it. We assign people who are distinctly responsible for that. But once that district-wide strategic plan becomes adopted and, and we go through workshop after workshop, we then, then we work the plan. And that is, is that it's not one department, but it's everyone's department. And when we get those quarterly reports that Krista was talking about, and I, as the superintendent, is taking a look at, so how did my human resources department, how did they fare at the beginning of school of answering questions and getting back and getting people hired? And, and what was the experience like for a new teacher coming into our district or new bus driver. And by the way, how did parents look at our food service department and how how did they fare with that? And by the way, how did parents 
in our community look at our transportation department? Are they friendly folks? Are they, well, how's our timeline on that? I mean, transportation has been a challenge across the United States. Yeah. But I want to know that what specifically is the problem and how's our budget office answering questions of our principals and others? So as you can see, I could go on, but this is not a customer service, one department, one person, one, but rather this is to build a culture of customer service in the entire school district, including the superintendent, school board, and his or her staff. It has to be everybody's pulling their weight. And, and I'll say a couple of things about school board members is that, look, they get, they love this program and this platform because look, they get, if you don't know who to communicate to, communicate to a school board member. So they, they would always get these hundreds of emails that they would just, you know, here, superintendent, you handle this or you handle that. And so it served us better to be able to get the answers to those. And it made this, the, actually the, the school board members were perceived and, and rightfully so as more responsive. Mm-hmm. And they truly listen to, and that's their job. They, they they represent a constituency out there that they need to be responsive to, but they don't always know that information of that question that the, the, right. the parent is asking them. But because they're a board member, I'm going to ask that question. So <laughs> how do we connect that parent with the right information? And I would just add that you know change management's never easy, mm-hmm. right? It's you know we've seen districts that we work with successfully implement an overhaul, not only their communication systems, but district-wide mentality about how they're prioritizing this customer service. Because it really is about, like you mentioned at the very beginning, every touch point that matters. And I think one of the reasons it's possible that they can do this overhaul at the districts we partner with is because when they sign on us with us, we don't just give them the software like we talked about. We include the professional development for the frontline staff. And we also can show them by department, like how much activity, how much engagement is actually going on. And it's interesting when it all funneled through PR and communications, you know, I think we almost siloed how much activity was really happening when Austin ISD opened it up to every single building at the school. It's, it is one of their favorite tools, but they're also showing, Hey, they're, they're bragging a little bit now it, it, it reversed. It was almost like, send everything to communications, let PR handle it, right? Now it's, you know, our school takes pride. Our customer source, uh, service score is one of the highest it's ever been. They're competing against each other about giving better service across the district and definitely from school site to school site. So I think that that, it makes such a difference when you use a comprehensive approach, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And other departments can see how the different departments in their central office physically change and how much easier not only their internal workflows can be, how quickly they're able to respond and now become experts at the departments that they own and then get the right answers to the right people, you know, and expedite that time. So we're finding that it's actually becoming a lot easier to get the other departments on board. Yeah, it's a really source of pride with the departments. Uh, and friendly competition is not all that, is not, is not all that bad. And, and the other part is that I think when we first started to our communications department, said, oh, boy, another thing. And I said, no, 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 no. I actually assigned a, a really good project manager to this, not mm-hmm. the communications department. It was my strategy. There's, there's no particular right way. 
but it educated the communications department that they weren't the end all, that they didn't have to carry this whole thing. I really wanted this to be a project that was managed throughout our entire district. Now, they were going to be very engaged with it as, as equally engaged as the head of human resources or the head of operations. But, you know, one of the things that we, we always say, like, you know, is communications, communications. And then you have this poor little communications department. Everything gets dumped on. <laughs> Yeah. And I always feel for those. And it's communications based on all of us, not just a communications department, but communications and curriculum instruction and human resources and budget and finance and so forth. So it's all of our we own all, all of us own communications, not just this little department. I can hear the communications professionals listening to this episode clapping and cheering because <laughs> I told him he's going to get a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> we got to think about the communications offices and you're, you're completely, you're spot on. Um, and, and hopefully there's some inspiration out there for other leaders as well, because it, it really does take everyone to make this type of work move forward effectively. And I love the idea of incorporating it into your strategic plan. That's brilliant. I feel like that's how, if you want to get anything major done, that's, typically the place to start. So it's it's great that that was something that you made a priority. So we talked, we mentioned Austin ISD, we talked about Pinellas. What other schools or districts do you think are handling customer service especially well? I think there, oh my goodness, there's, there's, there's probably too many to count, right? That's um, a good thing. But <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I think, I think, like Mike, a lot of them put them in their strategic plans to let everyone know this is a top focus. And we just have to remember that customer service itself is really about how you can improve the daily interactions with your families to start really seeing like positive changes in your school community. And so I've seen Osceola, she rolls out, you know, the superintendent, Dr. Pace rolls out a red carpet for, you know, the, the high performing in customer service. Like, Yes, we are performing high academically, and we're, but we're also giving great service to our community. Yes. I've, um, you know, we've we've seen that districts across the board, Georgetown ISD in, in Texas, they they brag on different departments, brag on a bus driver, brag on a teacher, right? We're also communicating out a lot of good. I think one of the things we don't do really well is we try to answer all the questions and all the needs, but we don't really publicize how many good things are happening every day. And so allowing for superintendents to be able to, to use this data to also show you guys we're taking this thing to another level. But I could I could name so many Spring ISD, they they have this whole thing where they're elevating customer service and they've completely disrupted the whole system that if we're not taking care of people first, including our own staff and our business and working with the community, right? They're just taking things to a whole new level. That. And so I mean, Dallas ISD, oh my goodness, their special ed department almost set the tone on what good service. So I could go on and on. I mean, we were able to have people like Mike Gregro in Pinellas County to really like learn from and teach us what's needed. But I think they took what our software does and the training that we're able to give them to kind of get their frontline people ready. And they took it to an entire new level that we never imagined um you can register using text messaging at austin isd i don't think i mentioned wow before you know clark county huge 
every department, you can push a button and talk to them. And so I could go on and on and on. I feel like it's almost like naming your favorite kids and you don't <laughs> want to do, right? And I have so many favorites, but I do believe that they've, they, you know, it's one thing that we provided the software, but they've taken the software to the next level. Once they've adopted and transformed that we're all on board doing customer service at this level, they've taken it to a whole new level. I love that. that and that's a great full circle moment, right? Uh, the, to our, I think our theme throughout this conversation has been, you know, the tool, the technology is just a tool, but once you have the right tool, it's up to you to take it to that next level. But how wonderful that you have that PD that you provide to folks that they can use to support onboarding, because I know that can be a really big struggle when you're taking on something new. So that's a really, really great add-on and value add. So that is actually a great place, I think, for us to end. But I'm sure that folks will want to have access to that report. So we'll make sure that we link to that in the show notes. If people want to connect with you or learn more about K-12 Insight and the work that you're doing, where else should they go? You know, we have a really great workshop for any school district that's just looking to understand more about customer service and analyze like their current state. So it really becomes personalized through the workshop. We can add that link as well mm -hmm. for the workshop so that they have a resource. There's no cost. There's no commitment. It literally is just a team of experts that kind of helps you evaluate, right? If you, you might do secret shopper, or you might do other ways, but this is allowing, like, we have so much experience with, you know, over 400 districts across the United States that we work with that we can bring to you exactly, not only help you assess where you are, but we have so many resources to help you and, Again, there's no cost for that meeting and our team comes in, fully supports you through the workshop and really walks you through where you are at your district at this time and then all of the support services and software that are available to you to help you get you to that next level of service. Well, thank you both for joining me for this conversation. It was a great one. I love talking about customer experience. I love talking about just how many opportunities there are, big and small, for, for schools and districts to bring about meaningful change. So I think we have some great takeaways here for our listeners, and I just appreciate the time. Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.